Let's just have church. Thankful for the opportunity in this pulpit. Thankful for Brother Stevenson, your pastor. Good man of God. Didn't take very long for me to figure that out. And uh, I want to give honor to my pastor for the couch. And uh, I have to say it again, I give honor to Brother David Poole also, who was my pastor for 32 years. What a good man of God. I'm thankful for what he's instilled in me. And I'm thankful for what Brother Couch is instilling in me. I'm thankful for the gospel that I'm not ashamed of. Y'all going to help me preach tonight? I can't do this without God. I could do it without you, honestly. I can't do it without God. I could do it without y'all. But boy, it'd be so much funner to do it with y'all. So y'all help me preach tonight. I want to help somebody. That's my whole goal to be here, is to help somebody. If you have your Bibles tonight, turn to the book of Luke, the 20, uh, 10th chapter, excuse me, 25th verse. I have a lengthy text, and I don't want to lie, but I'm hoping that the length of my text truly does not reflect the length of my preaching. I really do. Luke 10 and 25. It's good to see my friend, Brother Casey Harrell, who I've known forever, and Brother Scott Bennett. It's good to see you, my friend. Brother Britt Case, sorry. Me and him talked on the phone today, and I didn't tell him I was going to be here tonight. So. So. Luke 10, 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered, said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him and bound him, bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. 
Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that shewed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. I want to preach from that last line in that verse. And he said, He that shewed mercy on him, then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. I want to preach to you for a little while tonight with the help of the Holy Ghost. I want to preach to you tonight about the likewise church. The likewise church. Can we pray right now? God, I love you. Lord, I praise you. I lean upon you. I lean upon you, God. 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 Jesus, I need your help, God. Jesus, I need your help tonight, God. Let the Holy Ghost have its way. Thank you, Jesus. Let's clap our hands one more time as we're being seated. The will of God for everyone in this world that is lost is to be found. He's not willing that any man be lost. He's not willing that any woman be lost. He died for the sins of the world. He died for your sins. He died for my sins. He died for every man's sins. This is what made Jesus suffer on Calvary was the sins of the world. It was the words of John the Baptist that said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. We know that it is our candy stick, if you will. It is the pretty much... uh, the foundation of the apostolic Pentecostal church, Acts 2, 38 through 40. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he exhort, testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. If it wasn't for a bleeding, dying Savior, there would not be a Pentecost and there would not be no salvation. He died and rose again so that you and that I and that every creature not called mankind that is on this earth living and breathing could have a chance to experience God, to have Him in their hearts, in their souls, and in their lives. Church, we better not get too big 
and think that this church is all about us or it's all about our family. You've got a world that needs what you've got. If you're going to be a soul winner, you better show the love of God. You better be willing to dig deep, find somebody that doesn't know God, and you better love them like they was your brother, like they was your sister. Don't get the attitude that it's just my kids and my wife or my family, my mom and dad. No, it doesn't matter what their name is. It doesn't matter what their job is. It doesn't matter what their social status is. It doesn't matter what their nationality, color, race, or creed. If they need the Holy Ghost, the church is here to show them the way to receive the Holy Ghost. He died and rose again so that you and I could have eternal life. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, reading down. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin, where in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might shoot forth the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. By grace are ye saved, through faith and that not of yourself it is the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them you didn't do this by yourself You didn't do this on your own accord. You didn't come to this church on your own. You better be glad that there was a spirit that loved you enough that drawed you to the church. No man can come to God except the spirit draw him. It was that death, burial, and resurrection that made a church. It wasn't the 12 apostles. It wasn't the day of Pentecost. It was a Savior that was willing enough to say, I'm willing to die for a people that don't really love me yet. And without that, you have no hope. You have no help. You have no salvation. You have no redemption. But it's not just for us. It's for everybody. Jesus said, go ye into all the world preaching the gospel to every creature. 
Now, if we're going to exclude some, we're not doing the will of God. Boy, I'm telling you, I feel the Holy Ghost. If you're going to exclude some because they don't look like you, act like you, dress like you, talk like you, you ain't got the same Jesus that the rest of this church has got. The spirit of Christ is you love everybody. Love God first, but you make sure that you love everybody else. This is a revival church. This is a church that wants revival. This is a man of God that wants souls. He's not excluding anybody. If you walk through the back door and you ain't got nothing in your pocket and you've been on drugs or strung out on drugs and alcohol, you may have been a sinner all your life, done all kinds of things. He's going to love you. He's going to preach to you. This church, if you want revival, you better not be looking just for the elite. You better not be just looking for somebody that can put money in this church. You better find somebody that you can help that cannot help you back in return. The cause of Christ is that everybody has an opportunity to be filled with the Holy Ghost. He's not willing that any should perish. The Lord is not slack. 2 Peter 3, 9. Concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering. Long-suffering. You want to break that down? He's willing to work with you for a long time to try to make you right. I don't want to get in no trouble. But I've seen some people. Now look, y'all know me. And I know you. And you've seen it too. I've seen some people in the church that tried to do the pastor's job. I want to put them in a corner and say, hey, you got it. Hey, you ain't dressing right. You ain't. Hey, wait a minute. That's not your job. That's not your calling. That's not your authority. Why don't you just do like a good fisherman like Brother Britt Casey is? Why don't you just catch them and let the pastor and the Holy Ghost clean them up? Am I doing okay? If I say anything wrong, you take this thing from me. I'm just telling you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. He told me in the office that this is, y'all fixing to start revival. He didn't know what I was finna preach. If you're going to have revival, you better invite more than just your family. Everybody that you come in contact with, you need to have a smile on your face because the Holy Ghost needs to put a smile there. If you can't smile about what God's... Please don't talk to anybody with a frown on your face because they sure enough don't want what you've got. We should be the happiest people on the face of the earth. We are blessed to have a God that loved us enough to reach down and pick us up and bring us out of sin. Have a pastor that teaches us truth and holiness and righteousness and separation and loves us. And 
That's a scripture in the Bible. I ain't got it written down, but Paul's, man, he's laying it on thick. You know, extortioners, all, I mean, fornicators, adulterers. He's laying all this stuff out. And you, you can tell when, you can tell probably some of them that was receiving that letter was them self-righteous folks. Oh, that ain't me, that ain't me. That ain't me. But he got right down to your alley. And he said, and such were some of you. Paul was looking at a church and saying, hey, God loved you enough to dig you out. You better not rise your nose up and pass some by somebody that may be lost and you not love them the same way that you were loved. God is willing and ready to save anyone who will truly repent. Truly repent. We need pastors in pulpits to preach like never before the awesome power of true repentance. It's not just guilt or shame, but it is the conviction brought by on us by the Holy Ghost that touches the hearts of men and women. That true Godly sorrow that worketh repentance. I don't have a lot of confidence in people that's going to say they live for God today and go out and do the same things that they did before they come to God tomorrow. Apostolic church, God is not looking for a date. God is looking for a marriage. And if you're not committed, if you're not committed to worship with all your heart, pray with all your heart, love God with all your heart, reach the lost with all your heart, I'm willing to say that he's not going to have a lot of confidence in you. Well, this may be where the mule threw Amos right here. I'm sorry. When I got in the apostolic church, it was whole hog or none. Not just in worship, but in service to God. Willing to work with somebody until they get all the kinks out. Not willing to just pray with them one time and then when they fall again, you dust your hands off and say, I'm through with them. Why don't you love them again? I thought more shy. And get them. And let that love of God bring them back to an altar again. And let's say, hey, I'll pray with you. I'll stick with you. Until you get it right. We don't need no self-righteousness in the house of God. The Bible says that no flesh shall glory in his presence. We need a church that is fully reliant upon the spirit and power and demonstration of God. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. God, I praise you, Jesus. We need men of God that are willing to preach truth in this hour where a lot of people are not preaching truth. 
99 and a half won't do. We've got to give it our all. We've got to live it with all that we've got. And I'm not perfect. By no means is Dustin Spence perfect. But I am, I am willing to tell you before God and everybody, if I don't live it with all of my heart, there's a hell that is awaiting me. He said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. Revival cannot be birthed in a church that is not willing to sacrifice all. You go back to Acts chapter 2 and we want to shout about baptism and repentance and baptism in Jesus' name, then filling hope. We want to shout about that. But read the verses right before the close of that chapter. They were all equal. They didn't have no big eyes or little U's. They were all of one heart. The Bible says they were there was singleness of heart. That every man had everything common. They went from house to house breaking bread, breaking bread, and, and they went into the temple daily. Whatever happened to that kind of love? It was said this weekend at church, and it fits right here. If there's going to be a church that's going to have revival, if you have a disagreement with your brother and you can't love your brother after that disagreement, there is division and disunity and God's not going to bless that church. It's got to be everybody pulling in the same direction at the same time. There's only one pastor. There's only one God. That is the chief shepherd over this church. He is the under shepherd. And if God tells him to do it, you need to obey and do it even if you don't agree with it. If it's coming from God, who are you? Who am I to disagree with what God says? Well, I'm telling you, I don't know what's going on, but I feel uh, something fighting against me in this service. We need to understand that the man of God is the one that hears from God. I know God talks to us, but when it comes to a collective body of believers and he being the pastor and the shepherd over them, he is not, God's not going to give you a word for the church over that man of God. If you want to have revival, if you want to be a likewise church, you need to fall in love with God so much that you love your pastor and you say, hey, man of God, whatever you say, if it's in the will of God, we're going to follow you. We're going to listen to you. If it backs the Bible, we're here for the fight. It was division that almost killed, and I don't have this in my notes. I don't know why I'm going this direction. But it was division 
that almost destroyed a church at Corinth. Paul writes his letter and he says, hey, I hear there's some contentions among you, namely of them of the house of Chloe. What is this I'm hearing? Some of you saying you're of Paul and some saying of Cephas and some saying of Apollos and some saying I'm of Christ. Corinth, is Christ divided? Why was Paul crucified for you? Were ye baptized in the name of Paul? No, you were not. There's only one body led by one pastor, led by one spirit. And if we don't get on board with that, we're not going to make it because you cannot make it to heaven without a man of God. Brother Britt Case, me and you are friends. But I hope you have enough Holy Ghost in you that if I am your, if me being your friend, come and start trying to disseminate and divide the body by spreading gossip and rumors and junk about another member of the church, please have enough Holy Ghost in you to shut the mouth of that person up and say, I'm not going to listen to that garbage. We need a likewise church. We need a church like in the book of Acts where if I saw a brother struggling, I could grab that brother by the hand and say, hey brother, let me help you down the road a little bit. Let me help me bear your burden some. Let me get you to a safe place. That's not just for the brethren in the church, but we need to put our arms and our, round, our arms and our hands on some sinner that is lost without God and lead them to a place where they can walk with God on their own. Church that loves like nobody else loves. We need a church that'll pray like nobody else will pray. I've been hearing about what's going on around here. The prayer chain and the fasting. You keep praying until that perfect love of God gets in this church and there ain't nothing that can stop you from having revival. I'm telling you what fasting and prayer would do. The likewise church fasted and prayed. The likewise church fasted and prayed and it got a pre uh, preacher out of prison. A likewise church fasted and prayed and it got two men out of jail. A likewise church fasted and prayed and it saved a jailer. A likewise church prayed and there was a man named Paul that saw it. We move on. Paul wrote to his son, Timothy, his son in the faith, Timothy, and said in 2 Timothy, the second chapter in the 15th verse, 
He said, study. To show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. I looked up the word, or the words rightly divided in the Greek in that scripture. The word is tamateros. It is a compound of a derivative of the prime word timno, which means to cut more comprehensive or decisive. It means more comprehensive and decisive than the other Greek word, kopto, which was a prime, primary verb which meant to chop, to cut down, to lament, to mourn, to bewail. Tomateros or rightly divide means to cut as if by a single stroke. To be more keen or sharper. Brother Stevenson, I know your heart. I can tell it every time I talk to you on the phone, I can tell your heart. That is a man that loves people. He loves souls. And I'm not telling him that because he told me to preach. You hear me. I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. You go back and you look at some churches that didn't have revival. It's because there were men in those pulpits that didn't know how to love. Instead of having the skill of a surgeon and rightly dividing the word of truth and cutting sin out of people's life without harming the other part of the body. They come up there like they had a dull machete and they just wanted to chop. I'm going to tell you what the Holy Ghost told me. Brother Dustin Spence, if you don't love, you can't be my minister and you cannot be my servant. If you have a problem with somebody, I'm just, if you've got a problem with somebody, you need to get back in the altar and pray until you can love them again. If you're a preacher in this church, you need to have the same spirit as your pastor. You better get in this pulpit and preach with the skill and with the anointing and with the, with the sharpness of a surgeon and preach sin out of people's life and not just beat them to death with the Word of God. Sinners don't need to be beat down anymore. Sinners need to be loved. Backsliders need to be loved. Come on, church, hear me now. They need to be loved. The world has whipped them enough. The world has chopped on them enough. The world has beat them down enough. They need men in the pulpit that will love them back to God.
preaching attitude, preaching against people. You need to preach against sin that the sinner may be set free. God, I felt like God, I'm not smart enough. Uh, I don't feel like I'm God. Please scratch that from the tape. I felt like God gave me this because I'm not smart enough on my own to think this stuff up. I was praying one day, Brother Stevenson, before a Bible study. And I think it's the 16th chapter of Matthew where Jesus asked Peter the question or asked the disciple, who do men say that I am? They started going through that whole list. Some say that thou art John the Baptist raised from this. Some say you're a prophet. Some say all of this. And Then he just got personal with them and said, who do ye say that I am? And Peter standing up with boldness said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus goes through that whole list and he tells him, Upon this rock I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said all of that. But he got down to Peter and he said, And I give unto ye the keys of the kingdom, that whatsoever ye bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever ye loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And I was fixing to teach that Bible study and that scripture came to me. And I felt like the God, God told me, I felt like the Lord told me when I was praying, Brother Stevenson, I felt like he said, you know what the difference is between loosening and binding? Your attitude towards those things. If I get in this pulpit with an attitude of condemnation, of damnation and I'm trying to reach a lost soul I'm not going to reach them I have bound the sinner in the pew while the sin is free walking out the door but if I preach against sin and reach for the sinner tell them that I love them we don't agree with what you're doing but we love you enough to dig you out of what you're doing hey I'm going to tell you conviction will work in the house of God and that sinner will be set free and that sin will be bound I don't want to get in the pulpit brother Boo Reeves ever with an attitude I want to have the love of God I want them to feel it before I hit the pulpit streaming out of me it's not me it's God that does the work I have nothing to do with it I'm just a servant I'm just a mouthpiece I can't do this on my own please God don't ever let me think it's my own agenda or my own will that is able to save somebody Let's just lift our hands for just a moment and love the Lord. First John 4, verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. 
No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we, we, that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed that the love that God hath to us, God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. I'm winding this down. I ain't got much left. But if we're going to see the revival that we desire to see, we need to love with a perfect love. Let's not be cheap in loving God. But let's not be cheap in loving a soul. John the first John the fourth chapter you go to the third chapter and you read all of that and he gets to talking and he says hey how can I say that I love God whom I have not seen and say that I hateth my brother whom I hath seen how saith the love of God abideth in you now, little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. He gets on down further, Brother Stevenson. He gets to preach it a little bit further. And he says, if thy heart condemn thee, God is greater than thine heart and knoweth all things. But beloved, if thine heart condemn thee not, then have we confidence towards God. That whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, for we do those, for we keep his commandments, and we do those things that are pleasing in his sight. We want to stop right there and preach about sin being in our heart that's condemning us. That's not the whole gist of that chapter. He is talking about, hey, how is your relationship with your brother? Because if your heart is condemned against your brother, God's not listening to anything that you've got to say.
sit here and say that you love God and hate your brother or hate your neighbor? How can you say that you love God but you don't love a sinner? We can't sit here and say, Brother Bowie, that I love God. But we're not willing to pray for a sinner that needs God. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Good Samaritan. Let's just break that script, that word down. A half breed, half Jew, half Gentile. Falls among thieves. And the righteous priest and the righteous Levite has nothing to do with him. I'm, but an unknown Samaritan, I'm sorry, the Samaritan is the one that helped him, the half-breed Jew and Gentile. Stops and helps this man that says he was from Jerusalem or came from Jerusalem to Jericho. He didn't care who the man was and he knew that Jews didn't care nothing for Samaritans. The Bible says that he picked him up. Put him on his own beast. Took him in to town. Bible says that he poured in the oil and the wine. And then after that, covered his wounds. The likewise church better have enough love for a sinner to pour in the oil of the anointing into their wounds that is trying to kill them. Pour in that wine which is representative of the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, to help them. And to cover those wounds with that perfect love. That their scars, that their hurt, that their wounds won't be exposed. This church is going to have revival. I believe it. I believe it. You have the right leadership for revival. You have a good church family filled with good men and women, brothers and sisters. These altars are open right now.